Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S, the place to hear stories of heart-driven women creatively living free. Our episodes highlight conversations and insights that support the values of self-care, creative and personal freedom, slower living, happiness, health, and wellness to help you live your absolute best life. To be a part of the movement and join the conversation, step inside our free Facebook group, She Heals the World, and say hello. It brings me great joy to bring you our next episode. Hey everybody, Sophia here. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. So this episode, I brought Rachel Rubin on, who is a Food Network superstar and the winner of Chopped. And I thought that her story would be really interesting to share because there are so many of us whose only dream is to finally get on a TV show, win the show, become an overnight celebrity, and then our career will absolutely take off before our eyes. And so Rachel shares what it was like to be on a TV show, to be seen, to be known, um, and then to have that quick rise to stardom and what she's done afterwards to keep her career going. And so I think this will be a very inspirational episode, whether you are in the wellness community, the food community, the uh, personal branding community, I think you'll find some help and some advice uh, as you hear from Rachel today. Thanks for joining. We're going to get ready to jump in. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. My pleasure. Yeah, totally. So we were talking a little bit before the show, and I was saying that I really wanted to talk a little bit about some of the work that you're doing at Rutgers. I'm somewhat of a Jersey girl at heart. Even though I spent my life between New York and New Jersey, I did go to grad school at Rutgers. And the first thing that I read about you, other than your amazing history with chops and your restaurant, is that you started this movement at um, at Rutgers as it relates to food as a chef. Can you start us off with just talking a little bit about that? And then I'd love to dive into your story. Oh, well, great. I, um, yeah, the Rutgers um, project was something that sort of came out of the blue for me in, in at a time when I needed like an anchor in my life and something to focus on. I was just going through a divorce and, you know, 25 years of marriage and like an empty nest. Mm. And so um, the universe kind of handed me this project, which was I was invited to um, help uh, concept and design a healthy dining venue at Rutgers for their brand new Institute for Food, Health, and Nutrition. So they had built this, you know, multi-million dollar research institute uh, about how food and nutrition relates to lifestyle and and uh, conditions like diabetes and heart disease, et cetera, that are sort of plaguing our country right now. Um, wow. So they had a restaurant space in this brand new building, Research Institute, and they wanted it to reflect the mission of the Institute. Um, so I was really lucky to, to be asked to be a part of that. And so, um, I designed a menu, even the logo and the name of the restaurant, which was, uh, we called Harvest. And mm. 
the mission was just to create a dining experience for students and faculty where it was all fresh food made from scratch, which is kind of totally unheard of in the college environment. (laughs) Yeah, I lived off of the food truck. Do you remember the food truck? (laughs) Yeah, it's still there. But, you know, and I was really excited about it because I – you know, I had been to conferences like, uh, you know, Food for Change and things like that. And and um, the idea of, of transforming university food, um, which traditionally has like, you know, and even Rutgers had this big, has this big contract with, I think, Pepsi, where they, they agree to have in all their dining halls, like huge banks of soda machines and all these sugary beverages and blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. you know, Pepsi pays a fee to be a part of this huge market, the university market, where they're sort of, you know, in a sense, brainwashing people to to drink their products, which are, you know, high, a, a big reason behind diabetes and yeah. ob- obesity in the country. So, in our dining room, we were able to. Well, I, was, you know, I was, I was like, no, we're not having a soda machine in here. Mm. You know, we're we're not having any sugary snacks. We're we're having all fresh food made from scratch. We even yeah. made our own stocks and that sort of thing. So it was a cool experiment. Um, you know, uh, and the I designed the menus and ran it for a year, trained the staff. Um, I had a, a, a co-chef that was that I worked with who ran the operations side and I ran the culinary side. And mm-hmm. it was exciting. It was, a, it was yeah. an exciting project um, to see, you know, the enthusiasm for it and the need for it, you know. And now I think they're taking um, – that message and trying to bring it into all the other dining halls. But, you know, mm-hmm. before that all happened, I did make a decision and I went to culinary school at the same time as my 19 year old son. Mm-hmm. So that Beautiful. was kind of an interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. I find that that story is so common for so many women where, we're such givers and we're such nurturers and we put everybody else before ourselves. And then sometimes that, that works well for a period of time until then we start to feel a little empty and we start to think, you know, my purpose is so much greater and it's so much bigger. And what else can I do and who else can I be and who do I desire to be? And um, to see that that kind of opened the door for you into so many areas, including everyone's dream, which is getting on TV and um, <laughs> winning a show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that celebrity status. So uh, how did that happen? <laughs> my 15 minutes of fame. Well, you know, um, my son had decided he wanted to be a chef after a year of college. Um, and so mm-hmm. I started taking him on all these culinary school tours. And every tour, I would just end up weeping because I thought, you know, this is something I've been passionate about my whole life. It's been a through line in my life. I was always like, love to entertain and cook and do these cooking projects and watch cooking shows with my son. And so... I decided when I packed him off to culinary school that I would go to culinary school too. 
We went to two separate schools. I graduated with my culinary degree. He graduated with his. And um, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to teach. That's what I wanted to do. Um, And so I thought, well, what's the best way to sort of get myself out there and... um, and get a little street cred, you know, as a, as a cook. <laughs> and, um, and I've always loved game shows. You know, when I was a struggling actress I, and living in LA, I would go on game shows. I, I've been on like five or six game shows <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I would do it for the money or just for the excitement mm-hmm. of it, you know? So I, I applied to chopped and, um, lo and behold, they chose me. They liked my story about going to culinary school late in life. And I got on the show, which is was really uh, exciting for me. And the show itself was mind-blowing because it was such a risk because and my, as my son said to me, Mom, don't get eliminated in the first round. That's going to be really... <laughs> Really embarrassing. (laughs) So I went in there thinking, please, you know, just let me get through the first round without getting eliminated. And it was one of those moments in life where you put yourself totally out there and on the line and it all works out. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like it's one of those golden moments in life where you can... Feel your skill and your courage and your determination and and um, you know the gods all coming together and and giving you what you came for you know and that's a rare moment in life but you know mm-hmm. um, it's it's such an incredible feeling that it makes risking worthwhile, I think, you know, yeah. because you can't, you know, there, there are chances when you take risks that you're going to fall flat and you're not going to get what you want. But if you don't yeah. risk, then you'll never get, you never get that feeling of, oh my God, this just is like a golden moment where everything has come together and, yeah. and, uh, and it, there's nothing like it. Yeah, you know, I, I yeah. can't even describe it. It's like falling in love or, you know, it, it, it's serendipity on turbo, you know, so, but, mm-hmm. and it, and those are the moments that I think fuel me in life to say, okay, you know, yeah, this is going to be really uncomfortable. This is going to make your adrenaline pump. This is going to be scary, but what if it all actually worked out? Indeed, indeed. I always say that like these experiences that we have that are so magnificent, they they serve as our greatest teachers. And I'm just wondering, after being on the show and having millions of people watch you and fighting through fear and even having the cards to submit your profile for consideration for the show, what has that publicity taught you? What has being on that show kind of left you with? Huh, that's a good question. Um, hmm, I don't know. I mean, it did sort of launch my ability to become a public speaker. So that, that mm. was nice. I mean, 
things like this do give you a certain amount of credibility in the eye of the public. It was a beloved show. It's a beloved show that people, yeah, I still wonder, I still am in awe today of how important the show is to so many people and how many people watch it and love it. And so, um, you know, there is a certain power in, in, in that, and in seeking a certain amount of celebrity, or even if it's a small amount through, through a show like that. But, um, yeah. you know, it also taught me that it's, it's just a little piece of, of, uh, of what you need to be successful. You know, um, people may have hired me more, more, um, readily because of it. Um, it's certainly like a little badge of honor, you know, that I can put on my website and that I can, mm. you know, talk to people about. But in the end, I have to show up and do a great job. And I have mm. to, um, you know, honor, you know, honor that client uh, provider relationship and, and, and do a great job and and figure out what that is and deliver it, you know? Um, so it's, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't, I would say to anybody go, you know, go try and, and, uh, get as much of this kind of thing, you know, uh, as you can, but understand that it's not everything. Like, cause in the beginning, right at the beginning, I thought, well, this is going to just catapult me and this is going to do this for me and this is going to do that for me. But it it has limited, um, like everything we do, social media, having a website, you know, all these things come together to build your brand or your persona out there, but it's not one thing does it all for you. Right. Right. It's still you. It's still you. And you still have to take the responsibility to grow it as well. Yeah, I think, you know, just like, I guess when I was young, I thought, you know, fame or some degree of celebrity or, or, um, or making a lot of money would, you know, solve everything for me. And so I chased that in a way that almost, you know, made me unhappy with with the, the everyday sort of mundane work that needs to get done. Mm. And yeah. in the last few years, I've been able to really make peace with that, you know, where to say that, you know, um, this is, this is what life is made up of. And this is where I have to find my joy, you know, in the, in the everyday mon- mundanity of, making myself a better chef, making myself a better mom, making myself a better communicator, um, figuring out how to, how to connect with people. Um, you know, all of that is, is what, is what is the, you know, sort of the, the treasure or the currency of life, um, that, um, makes all the difference, I think. Um, so I know a lot of people out there and a lot of women out there are struggling with, how can I get 30,000 Instagram followers and how can I do, you know, (laughs) and yep. So, you know, I know I've been there too, but, but there's a, you know, a kind of a, a balance to be had, I guess, that I've been 
you know, working hard at for myself and also um, trying to convey, you know, that message about what's really important, you know, the small things, doing a good job, delivering the service that you're going to deliver well, um, you know, connecting with others, making that little bit of difference in, in your in other people's lives, your customers, whatever. Um, so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what I love that you said about that is that it is about all of those little journeys, and you know, it goes back to that famous quote that like it's not about the destination. Enjoy the process. It's about the journey, and. It's so mm-hmm. true because when you get to the destination, right, when you get on the TV show, when you win the TV show, when you get to L.A. and you become an actress or you have the blog and you have the million followers, and when you get there, it's like but then the destination changes. And so you want something else and you want something deeper. You make the money and you now want a deeper experience. And so if all along the way you just enjoy those little steps, Yes. Things would just be so much more meaningful. So thank you for reminding us of that. Yeah, I mean, I I live in New York City, and I live, you know, near Columbus Circle, uh, which is near mm-hmm. the CN, you know, right near the CNN um, headquarters. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was walking past there, and I saw Anthony Bourdain, you know, sitting on the steps of the building where CNN is, and I guess he was waiting for a cab or something, I don't know, but I saw him, and I thought, mm. oh, I should go talk, say hi, chef, to him, or whatever, and someone kind of cut me off and ran up to him and was asked for a picture, mm. and I, and then the moment was gone, you know, and mm. then three, three days later, he was gone, you know, um, mm. he took his life, and that has, yeah. I can't tell you how much that has rocked me, it, it was as if I knew him personally because, and so much, many of us felt that way about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was just a moment of, wow, you know, here's a person that truly almost had everything that I think I could ever want. Mm-hmm. And yet he, he was in a hotel room, you know, filled with despair enough to, to take his life. So, it's just another his parting lesson, you know, to us all. And he he taught us so much, but his parting lesson to us was really like, you know, to to sort of examine, you know, what it is we think we we want, and and yeah. whether or not that's going to be that has the potential to to really make us happy. You know, so yeah. it goes beyond that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. What really matters, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Totally. I know, I feel like it's all cliche, you know, everybody knows that and people say it in so many different ways, but, um, you know, it, it, it's We don't becoming, really live it. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> or, it's becoming more real to me uh, the older I get, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Wow. So I would be remiss if I did not ask you to share a recipe with us. Do you have one? <laughs> ah, <laughs> that yeah. You, can, you know, yeah. I leave us with that'd be awesome. Of course. <laughs> um, you know, my, my website, um, 
I have about 200 recipes. I haven't in the last year or so uh, posted recipes because I've been busy with other projects and sort of, you know, but I do have about 200 recipes on my website. And one that is kind of a favorite of clients over the years and students and um, just in general is this uh, roasted balsamic uh, tomatoes. Um, that so simple, but I get emails about it all the time. Chef Rachel, I, I keep making your tomatoes, you know, even though I took, <laughs> took a class with you five years ago. So the, it's really simple. You take grape tomatoes, uh, and they, again, are on, it's on my website, but you take grape or cherry tomatoes, throw them in a roasting pan, generously douse them with olive oil, and then maybe three, four tablespoons of uh, balsamic vinegar, some mm. fresh rosemary, some fresh thyme. You don't even have to take the rosemary or thyme off the stems, just, you know, off the sprigs. I like that. Just throw <laughs> the sprigs into the mix with the tomatoes, salt, pepper, and some whole pieces of garlic, maybe four pieces of whole garlic. And then um, mm. you just you know, kind of make sure the tomatoes are kind of coated and roast them mm. at 400 degrees for about 40 minutes. And what you'll end up with are these beautifully concentrated burst tomatoes that are, and the balsamic vinegar kind of reduces and becomes syrupy and the herbs and the garlic. And this is an amazing staple that I keep a container of in my refrigerator at all times because not mm. only does it make a beautiful appetizer with some, you know, if you just serve it with some crostini, like toasted bread, um, mm-hmm. it's a great appetizer to serve to people coming over for drinks or before dinner. Um, it, it never fails to impress and people just like are in ecstasy over it. It's this concentrated <laughs> tomato flavor. And then you keep yeah. a container of it in your fridge and you can make it into a side dish for a rotisserie chicken or some grilled chicken breast, or you can boil a, a pot of pasta and throw it on the pasta and have an instant sauce. You can use it on a sandwich as a condiment. You can make an omelet out of it. You can turn plain rice into a rice pilaf with it. So it's a very mm. versatile um, dish. It's delicious and addictive. And, and might I add, easy. So I think easy. I can handle this one. <laughs> very easy. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, I'm going to definitely try it. And I know that there are so many people who are gluten-free and dairy-free. And so another thing is it also sounds like you said, very versatile and applicable to you depending yeah. on what your dietary needs are. So that is lovely. I cannot wait to try that tomorrow. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rachel, this has been such a beautiful time with you. I mean, we've talked about so much from joy to loss to celebrity status to meaning to food and cooking. And so I just wonder, as we wrap up this amazing time together, if you could look back and give your 10-year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? Well, I thought about this question, and what I want to say about it is I am 
that I don't want to answer it. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, um, I, I've, it, you know, I've struggled a lot with regret. You know, oh, I should have done this, and I should have gone to this, and I, and what's the matter with me? I should have stayed, you know, with this one thing and taken it, you know, all the way. Or I, you know, how come, how come I didn't do this in my marriage? Or I, you know, so I think that question is a, is a trap, you know, mm. for um, regret. So mm. what I want to say is. What I would tell my 10, you know, my 20 year old self or 30 year old self or 40 year old self is everything, there's no mistakes. You know, um, mm. I've, I've, there are times like chopped where everything came together and, you know, I pat myself on the back for being so amazing. But then <laughs> there, there are times when, um, things don't go exactly as I planned, but I've, it all contributed to making me who I am now and, and living this life where I'm teaching and I'm, I'm leading culinary tours in Europe and I'm, you know, doing these wonderful workshops about reinvention and, and, um, and affecting people's lives. Like all this stuff that I'm doing came about as a result of all the, the winding paths that I took and the things that didn't work out and the, and the ways in which I've had to struggle and overcome and and rise from the ashes. So there's no there's no mistakes is what I would tell my 20 year old self and just live and follow follow your heart and and be be as authentic and true to yourself as you can be. And um and don't be so attached to one particular outcome because um Sometimes the, where you actually end up is is the is the best thing for you and your and your soul. Mm, yeah, where you end up is exactly where you need to be. Thank yeah. you so much, Rachel. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How can we support you? Where can everybody find you? Drop us your links, and I'll also have them in the show notes as well. All right, I will. Um, you know, my website is foodfixkitchen.com. Uh, food Fix Kitchen, and I can be found on Instagram at Food Fix Mama. Food Fix Mama. And where can people find information about those European culinary tours? I may be joining one of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's some information on my website, Food Fix Kitchen, but I partner with uh, a wonderful um, woman and her boutique travel company um, called Delectable Destinations. Mm-hmm. So Delectable okay. Destinations, and I'm on that site as well, and my recipe for reinvention trips are on there where we do these women's retreats. We go to Europe and spend a week in Tuscany or Amalfi or Spain, and we have this amazing culinary adventure, but at the same time, we're looking at how we can write our own recipe for reinvention and and take the next, you know, make life this amazing feast you know whatever's next for you Mm, beautiful thanks for coming on the show today Rachel oh you're welcome my pleasure thank you this episode was brought to you by fearless and free 
Fearless and Free is my online training program that teaches women entrepreneurs and aspiring course creators how to create, launch, and profit from your first online course. Online courses have produced tremendous freedom in my business, and I would love to share my technique and strategy with you. If you are interested in launching a profitable online program, visit SheHealsTheWorld.com forward slash freebie to grab your free tool sheet that brings you behind the scenes on all the tools that I use to run my online practice. Thanks for listening in. Lots of love. See you in the Facebook group.